It's exciting to be back in the house of the Lord. Uh, Taryn and I missed you last week and the week before, and, you know, I'm just going to put a little plug in. You know, when you're gone, you know, you really, really need to listen to the message. It's online, and, you know, you glean things when you do that, and rumor has last week that it was a little cold here, and... You know, our pastor was missing us because he wishes that we could have shared and participated in that cold with you. And, you know, you know, when you leave and you go away in the winter, you just think, well, you know, it would be really nice if it was kind of cold back home because then we wouldn't have to deal with that. But, you know, then your friends and family, they have to deal with it and and – it's not so fun, but I'm just thankful. We've had a great, great winter. We've had, you know, I mean, we've had a great, uh, most of January was really warm. And now again today, look it. Hey, it's going to be in the 30s for several, several days again. So I'm just thankful of that. Uh, and I'm also thankful that my beautiful wife and I and a bunch of our church family are leaving again and we're going to Mexico on Friday and I can't wait we're going to build some houses we're going to go to the orphanage we're going to serve there and and I'm just very very thankful that we're able to do that and that we can be God's hands and feet where we're going to when we're when we do that and um most of you know kind of who I am and what I do but you know I, you know, do a lot of stuff with housing or whatever, and, and, you know, even when we're home, you know, Taryn and I, we don't watch a lot of TV, but when we do watch TV, you know, we watch HGTV, and, you know, you kind of get some ideas, and, you know, I don't know, it's just kind of weird, but what I'm going to share with you and what I want to visit about today is building houses. We're going next week, we're going to build houses. We're going to do that, and I just want to share with you about building, and there's a lot of you here today for, for Sunday school, and I'm very thankful about that, exactly, um, and a little more nervous because I don't usually have to share in front of as many of you people, and oh, wait till you get old. You'll be okay, Randy. Let's pray before we go any further, Okay. Wonderful Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for your love, your mercy, your grace, and your presence, Lord God. We ask you to lift up each and every one of our hearts and our minds, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, that your presence be felt in this service. We ask you, Lord, for your mercy, your grace. We pray, Lord God, that you lift up the children's church, Lord God, and the, the teen group, Lord God, and let your will be done. We're thankful, Lord God the church family that you've placed us in, Lord God. Let your will be done today, your mercy and your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, but, you know, each and every one of us, I can ask one question to each and every one of us, and we're all going to give the same answer. And there's not a lot of things in life that you can ask a group of 35 or how many ever people, and they all are going to give the same answer. 
But I just want to ask it just because I get to because I'm up here. But I just want to ask you, how many people plan or want to go to heaven? Why would you be here if you did not want to go to heaven? I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, pastor's a great guy. Trisha's got a beautiful voice. But why waste your time here if you don't want to go to heaven? I mean, what is there? And <laughs> how do you want to get to heaven? And God shared this scripture with me this this week, and it's like, oh, my gosh. It just, it, it made me kind of nervous. But I need to back up just a little bit. You know, I've been reading in my daily reading, and, and I start out really, really good at the beginning of the year, and I'm going to get that Bible read throughout the whole year. And, you know, Genesis, I really love Genesis. I even get into Exodus quite a bit, and then you get to Le Leviticus, can't even say it, and it's like, oh, I want to hurry up and get through this book. Oh, I want to hurry up and get through this book. Which, and then you get to Numbers, which you'd think, me? Oh, Numbers, that's a great book. But, you know, I mean, there's a lot, way too many numbers and numbers to even, anyway, back to Leviticus. It says in Leviticus, you know, be holy because I am holy. And one of the things that I, when I started reading this year, I wanted to do, and the year is very, very early, so you can't say, well, you didn't do it, but I wanted to get a message out of Leviticus, because I just, for me, I just don't know how I could get a message out of Leviticus, because it's, it's probably way above my head, is it, but this be holy because of I am because I am holy has been echoing in my mind and echoing in my heart, you know, each and every day. And it's like, how can I become holy? And it's like, I am so not like God sometimes. I strive to be like God. I strive to do his will. But sometimes, you know what? I am just not like God. And... So I just wanted to share one scripture with you um, before we start. And this isn't even my, my, the scripture that I'm going to read out of today. But in 1 Corinthians 3, it says, because, 3.10, I'm reading out of the NLT. And it says, because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it. But whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. No one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have. And the foundation is Jesus Christ. And then it goes on in verse 12 to read, Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But the on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, the builder will receive a reward. And this is the one that struck me, verse 15. And it's like it says, but if the work is build, burned up, 
the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through the wall of flames. How do you want to get to heaven? How do you want to get to heaven? Do you want to barely escape through the wall of flames? And I was... So then you read that and then you think back, oh, be holy because I am holy. Well, if I'm going to be holy because God is holy, I'm probably not going to barely escape through the wall of flames. You know, I'm probably going to have to do something myself, you know, to make this work, you know. And God, this whole house building thing that, that they're talking about here, and, you know, the first thing that you do when you build a house is you lay a foundation. And it says right here, this is the actual blueprint, the foundation of you, of everything that you do from here on to get from here to there is the foundation in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, each and every one of us, we can come here, we can, you know, listen to Tricia and the praise team, you know, sing beautifully and you know, we can even lift up our hands and, and raise them and, you know, feel good about it and, and come here and do that and participate. And that's all good. And then pastor, he brings it every week for us. You know, we are, we are fortunate because so many, so many churches, they go, you know, just surface deep. Our pastor goes way further than surface deep. And I love that. I love that about this church. You know, uh, but the foundation of this church is not based on Tricia. It's not based on our pastor. The foundation of this church is based on our Lord Jesus Christ. The foundation of, of, of this church is based on this word. And I'm so thankful of that. But, you know, how are we building and <clears throat> what are we building for? So this is, you know, something that I need to share with you or I want to, you know, bring to you is say that you were given, you know, this amount of money and, you know, someone said, this investor said, you know what? Build your house. Build your house. This is what you're going to, I'm going to give you this amount of money. What are you going to do with it? And so, you know, you get all excited and you think, oh, my gosh, I, I'm getting this house built. And what is this going to look like? And so you, you know, think about it. You've got, you know, 3.4 kids and a dog, a cat, and a beautiful wife. And we have more than 3.4 kids. But... Um, but you get all this, and you think to yourself, you know what? This is exactly what I need. And you think, okay, what does this look like? And then you think, you know, because, you know, when, some, when, you, when something, when you have an idea, you start thinking of your initial, whatever your initial needs are, your initial desires, and you think of that. And then, you know, as you plan, as you start thinking it through, it's like, hmm, maybe I need this. 
Maybe I need a war room. I went with this lovely, beautiful married couple out house hunting last year. <laughs> and I'm a little thick sometimes, but they said, we, well, where's the war room? And I've watched the movie, I mean, probably twice, if not three times. And it's like, war room, what are they talking about? Do they fight that much that they need a war room? And Alicia just looks at me like, oh, my gosh, that guy's a tool. But I'm going to have to love him through it. But, but anyway, so you just start thinking of all the things that you're going to need, and you think, you know what? In 10 years, I might need this in the house. And in 10 years, I might need that in the house. So you know what? You build, you know, maybe for today. But realistically, you're also thinking, where are we going? Where am I going? Where is my family going? Because you know what? In 10 years, I'm going to need that. You know another thing that I love about this church and I love about, and I don't know if you know this, but I love this church. I love this church. But another thing that I really love about it is, you know, when we have our meetings with the board and everything, we're talking about day-to-day -day things, but we're also talking about five years from now and ten years from now. And what am I telling you that for? I'm telling you that because you know what? Our pastor and the vision within this church is this for today. Yes, for such a time as this. But we're already looking and talking about what this is going to look like in five years. We're not just sitting there saying, hey, it's a great day yet. We had a good service. Life is good. You know, and, and that comes with a vision. And so I'm going to ask you this. When you're building your house, when you're building your foundation, what are you looking at? Because you know what? I don't want to go through a house of flames to get to heaven. I don't want that. And, you know, the, the scripture, it... Uh, It's real interesting because, you know, when, and Peter and Paul are easy to pick on because they're kind of front and center a lot. But, you know, when Paul first started in his ministry, you know, and, <clears throat> you know, everyone probably thinks of Acts 9 where, you know, God, you know, blinded him, you know, on the way to Damascus. That's not when his ministry started. His ministry started you know, probably when he was a young child, you know, he was actually a, you know, a well-read guy, not that he was doing exactly right, but, but his ministry probably started before that, you know, Peter, you know, his ministry started, you know, he was a fisherman, you know, he knew, you know, I mean, if you read the scripture or whatever, you know, he knew Jesus before he was called, you know, Jesus actually healed his mother-in-law before he was called. So, you know, he knew that. But the scripture and, wh and what, what I want to share with you, um, you know, we mature in our lives, okay? And these guys are no different. You know what? Peter started out as a fisherman, but, you know, he didn't end there. You know, we all started out somewhere, you know, but we're not ending there. 
you know. And so one of the things that, you know, if you look at Peter and, you know, you can laugh if you want because, you know, I mean, some of you people think I'm getting old or whatever. And but, you know, Peter in Second Peter, you know, that wasn't the beginning of his ministry. Peter had had some time. And where, where I'm going to, and I'm talking about Second Peter because that's where I'm going to share with you from. But he has had some time, you know, and he has matured. You know, <clears throat> each and every one of us, each and every one of us has the opportunity to mature. We can grow old. We're going to do that no matter what. Okay, we can grow mature, or we can stay where we started. But you know, God wants each and every one of us to become more mature in him. God wants each and every one of us to grow more in him. And where I'm going to read today, it's uh, out of 2 Peter 1. And I'm reading out of the NLT, and uh, and I'm reading Second uh, Peter chapter one from the beginning, <clears throat> and it says, "This letter is from Simon Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ." So, if we look at Simon Peter, the guy that's writing about this, you know what? Again, he was a fisherman when he started, you know, but it doesn't say, hey, this letter's from Pete, you know, I catch fish for a living and, you know, have a good day. You know what? First of all, he's a slave. He's not an apostle. He's not a fisherman. He's a slave. A bondservant, it says in other, you know, uh, passages. But you know what? Peter is a servant of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so I ask you this, okay, if Peter is a servant of our Lord Jesus Christ, you know, he was a fisherman, then a servant, then an apostle. What does apostle mean? He was sent. So where am I at in my life? Am I still the fisherman? Do I still just sell mobile homes? Nope. I don't. You know what? God has drawn me away, you know, from where I started in life. God has drawn me away from, you know, the addiction that I had in life. God's drawn me away from that, you know. And, you know, so Peter, before he was a disciple or an apostle, he was a servant. And then, you know what? After he became this servant, he was sent. So why am I saying this? You know, God wants us. God wants us to go from where we started, and he wants us to live and serve him. And then he wants to send us out. Just like Peter. Just like Peter, you know, 2,000 plus years ago or 2,000 minus years ago, that's what God wants from each and every one of us. And in verse uh, verse 1, continuing, it says, I'm writing to share to you the same precious faith we have. This faith was given to you 
because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our, our God and Savior. You know what? Jesus, okay, gave us faith. When, when, he, when we started out, each and every one of us, Jesus said, you know what? I'm going to give you faith. I'm going to give you faith to follow me. I'm going to give you faith to, to do what I want you to do. Believe in me. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's going to give us that faith to do something. You know, faith is great, okay? It is great because, you know, our foundation on our Lord Jesus Christ, you know, talks about this faith. You know, you talk about Thomas, you know, and the whole doubting thing. Look at each and every one of you. None of us have seen our Lord Jesus Christ, but we have the faith. We have the faith that our Lord God is put. Sorry, but I'm not apologizing. I lied. But you know what? Our church family, God has fit us so together. God has fit us so together. And I am so proud of our church family. And so I'm going to quit. If you ever hear me apologize about talking about our church family again, don't come up and punch me or anything, but, you know, just remind me that, you know what, hey, it's all right to brag on your church family. Because you know what? God has put each and every one of us here for a reason. God has done that. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful to be able to serve with each and every one of you. And we serve with the faith because we know that what what we're doing, God has for us. And it says, may God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Grace and peace. Are you at peace with where you're at with in your walk with God? The only way that I'm at peace in my walk with God, I will promise you, is because I know that I serve a God of grace. I know that I serve a God of grace because you know what? I'm not that good. I fall short so many times, but you know what? I know each and every day that my God, my Lord and Savior is going to forgive me and he's going to love me through whatever you know, I'm going through. And he loves each and every one of us, you know, where we're at. It doesn't, you know, I mean, not many people I know, I know a couple that know the word like our pastor, but you know what? He loves each and every one of us right where we're at. Does he like our pastor better? I don't know, but you know, our pastor spends a lot of time with God. Our pastor spends a lot of time with God. You want to get to know someone? Spend some time with them. You want to get to know your Lord Jesus Christ? Spend some time with them. Follow their lead. Oh, Lordy, Lordy, Lordy. Lord, we thank you again, and I just ask you, Lord God, that you touch our hearts and our minds, Lord God. Draw us close, Lord God, to what you have for us today. Let us love you and serve you, Lord God, in everything that we do. Lord God, reveal to, to us, Lord God, the plans, Lord God, that you have for each and every one of us 
individually and collectively as a church body, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for your presence here today. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your grace in Jesus' name. <clears throat> you know, standing up here sometimes, I get really, really, really nervous. Um, just going to be real honest with you and be real right now, you know. I wasn't feeling it this morning whatsoever. Still, you know what, relying so much on God. I go upstairs, you know, before I speak, I pray, I study this stuff, <clears throat> not feeling it. I'm just going to promise you, not feeling it. All of a sudden, the door opens, and someone's walking up the steps, and I'm thinking, hey, I'm up here looking weird all by myself, and, you know, me and God, I guess, you know, I guess you're going to have to be weird with me, Jesus. And up walks Renee. And, you know, so she just says, hey, Renee, how you doing? Whatever, you know, the little pleasantry. And she just says, you know, I just saw a need. So, you know, she brought baking soda and a garbage bag up for the, for the garbage can and baking soda for the fridge. And she just saw a need, you know, which is cool. Because you know what? She was just following what God told her to do. Um, but I said, you know, I said, could you pray for me? And she said, yeah, I'll pray for you. I've already lifted the teachers up in prayer today. But yeah, I'll pray for you. And it's like, oh, my gosh, that that was just that was awesome. So Renee prays for me, not feeling it. <clears throat> Renee prays for me. And all of a sudden, it's like, you know what? The door just opens. The door just opens, and it's like, God, it's like, you know what? I'm going to receive what you have because, you know what? You opened the door for me to receive it. And you know what? I am telling you that not to lift up Renee, although she is awesome, not to lift her up, but I'm telling you that to reach out. You've got a family. You've got a body of Christ, and reach out because, you know what? Sometimes if you're not feeling it, if you're in the middle of, you know, your drama, because a lot of you people have drama. I don't have any drama because you know what? If there's drama in my life, I choose to just walk the other way. So it's not a good thing either. But, but my, again, my point is reach out to someone because you know what? As a body, as a body, we are much stronger as just individuals or islands. So thank you, Renee. But let's get back to the scripture. And it says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received this. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. Are you building a house? Are you building a house of faith? You know what? He's already given it to you. He's given it to you. Your godly life, your foundation, God has already given that unto you. And we have to reach out and take it, what God has given us. Because by his marvelous glory and excellence, it's already there. And because of his glory and his excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. 
human desires, that's a really nice way to put it. Other passages say lust. Let's stay on the human desire side, okay? Because the human desire side, you can say, well, you know what? Maybe I watched the Timberwolves when I should have been praying, or maybe I, you know, did that while I should have been reading the Bible. And lust, it's like, wow, human desires, lust. I'm going to stay on the human desire side today. But you know what? We need, if we are going to have a fighting chance, if we're going to have a fighting chance to build a foundation, to build a house, you know, on our Lord Jesus Christ and be strong, you know what? It's got to be through him. He's already given it to us. But we, you, me, we have to take it. We have to take what he's given to us. It's like, you know, you go to Thanksgiving and there's this massive spread and it's like, nope. Not eating the sweet potatoes. If you would have put in about another cup and a half of brown sugar in there and those marshmallows, and then if you would have taken, you know, okay, so I lied. I watch a little of this. You know, we watch the HGTV, but then, you know, when my wife isn't feeling that, then I watch diners, drive-ins, and dives, and I know I didn't say that right. But, you know, their chefs, they actually take a propane torch, and they, you know, brown things. It's like, that's so weird. I never saw that never going to try it in my kitchen but but yep on the spread of thanksgiving the marshmallows aren't brown i'm not eating it but god gave it to you you don't like sweet potatoes i don't really either but god gave it to us you know how many things does god lay out and say you know what here i want you to have this and it's like yeah not feeling it not really feeling it i'm gonna watch timberwolves and again, if you're a huge Timberwolves fan, forgive me because, you know, um, my you get my point. But, well, I'm going to be better behaved than I was last time I was up here. And I'm not going to go much further than that. But I know sometimes our pastor just shakes his head when I get up here and says, I can't believe he said that. So I'm trying to be a kinder, gentler Randall Stephen Esparza. So we'll see how that works. So let's get back to the message. <clears throat> what has God given you and said, here, I have this for you. And you just say, <clears throat> no, I don't do that. No, Jesus, sorry, I don't do patience. No. No. I don't do forgiveness very well, Lord. I don't like it either. Sometimes we do that to Jesus. He gives us these gifts. And we just say, yeah, I'm not, I'm not into it. But you know what? Again, as I started out today, you know what? I don't want to walk into heaven, you know, and I, I don't want to walk into heaven, you know, and say, oh, my gosh, look at that up there. There's a wall of flames. I need to get through there to get to heaven. Sometimes we make our lives so difficult. And all we had to be doing was these little things along the way, and our Lord Jesus Christ is paving the way. And in verse, I think, uh, 
5, so we talked about the whole human desire and lust thing. And it says, in view of all this, okay, God has given us all this, okay, here's the part that we probably don't like. God has given this gift to us. Okay, but Peter, this guy, and you got to... You got to respect your elders, people. You got to respect your elders. And Peter, he wasn't 27 when he wrote this. This was probably his last, you know, for sure his last letter. I shouldn't say for sure because I'm not a scholar, but this was his last letter. And, you know, he's been through life a little bit. And so Peter says, okay, to grow and to do what God wants you to do, to build your house the way he wants to do. To do it, it says, in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith. Okay, so we have faith. Yep, we all believe in Jesus. Yep, we all want to go to heaven. Yep, none of us want to go through that fiery wall of flames to get there. We just want to get there. I mean, we just want to make our lives easier. We want to do that. I mean, who likes to make their lives easier? I mean, I don't like to complicate my life. I do a really, really, really good job at it, but I don't like to do it. But so many times in our lives we do that, it's like, Yep, I should have did this. Ten years ago, I should have did that. Yep, ten years ago, I should have did that. Ten years ago, I should have started taking my supplements. I'm not going to go where my mind went. But take your supplements. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. Moral excellence. That's a fun one. I'm supposed to do what I know is right. Sometimes I don't like to do what's right. But I'm supposed to do that. What is your moral excellence? What is God's moral excellence for you? God wants each and every one of us to be morally excellent. He wants us to grow in that. And then another supplement he talks about, and with your moral excellence... With knowledge. Yep, I start out every January 1st. I'm legit. Always through January, I'm legit. One day on vacation, I was really, really sick, and I didn't read God's word. Except, you know, of course, Dwayne sends us that, and that's an easy read, so I always get that in. And then, you know, Dennis sends me. Dennis sends me the word, so I always get that in, and then I always read the one on my phone, too, on my Bible app, and there's some other people that send me the word, so I get that done. 
And I do really, really good, you know, through January. Dennis didn't send me the word on Friday. And I just got on my knees and I, I, I prayed for the sinner. Lord God, he's got nothing going on today and he didn't send me the word. I let him know it too. So what does he do? Sends me two yesterday. Congratulations. But you know what? God wants us to gain our knowledge. How do we do that? We get in his word. You know, and it's real easy. You know, when Dennis sends a word or Dwayne sends a word, all you got to do is open up your text. That's easy. But you know what? God wants us to go a little further than Dennis and Dwayne. God wants us to go a little further than our Bible app. And, you know, even though, you know, I still haven't figured out other than be holy because I am holy in Leviticus, you know, there's God's word. There, it's right in Leviticus. Not my favorite book, but it's there. Now I just got to go through it. And I hustle through Leviticus because it's not my favorite, because I know there's better yet to come. But you know what? That's God's word. And it doesn't matter if it's Leviticus or if it's your favorite book, Luke, or whatever it is. You know what? You are being fed going through God's word. God wants us in his word. God wants us to gain knowledge. And we'll get it if we seek it. And then it says, through knowledge, self-control. I need to supplement my knowledge with self-control. You ever work with someone you don't particularly like? You ever work with someone and they don't particularly like you? That one hurts worse. Well, I want everyone to like me. Well, <laughs> figure out how you're going to act then, because you know what? Sometimes our actions, sometimes our actions are wrong. And with that, we have to go back to self-control. You know, when I was 27 when I was 36, when I was 42, when I was 49, when I was 53, 54, 56, 58, and 59. I didn't have that much self-control sometimes. Now that I'm 60, I'm not sure. I've arrived. And you youngers, you're going to get there, okay? David and Jordan, you're going to get there. You know, you're 60, you're going to have it all under control. Sometimes what happens when you're 60 is you learn to bite your tongue. That's self-control. That's one thing of self-control. Another thing of self-control is, you know what? I'm not going there because you know what? Jesus ain't there. Fill in your blank. Jesus is not there. I can't, what business do I have to be somewhere when Jesus isn't there? What business do you have to be somewhere where Jesus isn't? You know, when we go build, it's really funny because poor Trav, 
poor Trav. Guess what's happening next Sunday? Super Bowl. Where's Trav going to be? Mexico. What happens is this, is you get about 14 guys around a phone like this. It's like, oh, go Raiders. Oh, go, go Chiefs. Oh, you know, and poor Trav isn't going to watch it. And his boy's going to be playing. So, you know, but is Jesus at the Super Bowl? Yeah, he probably is there. Do you care who, who wins? I don't know why I got on the Super Bowl. Probably just to pick on Trav. And I shouldn't go there because Jesus isn't picking on people. That's just Randall. Thanks for loving me through my messes. So, but anyway, the self-control. God wants each and every one of us to have self-control. And he wants us to add our self-control with patient endurance. Patient endurance. You know what? You're not going to arrive, you know, sorry, because most of you people are younger than me. You know, you're not going to arrive biting your tongue maybe when you're 52. It may take you all the way to 60 to, to arrive there. But you know what? We need to be patient in everything that we do and know, you know what? God is perfecting us. God is perfecting each and every one of us. And, you know, it's not always easy, you know, when he takes the chisel out. We'd, you know, really like if he'd just take that soft chamois cloth out and just wipe us down. Oh, this is so good, God. Thank you. This actually even feels good. But, you know, that's not the only tool in his tool belt. That's not it. Sometimes, you know what? I mean, he has to take a sledgehammer out after me and a chisel, and it's like, oh, my gosh, this hurts. It's like, well, you should have shut your mouth then when you were 27. I wouldn't have to do this now. But, you know, God wants us to, you know, endure what we have to do, endure and be patient in it and walk with him. God wants us to be patient in our endurance with him. God wants us to, even when we know, hey, this storm is here, this is not fun, you know, this is even not even anything of my own. You know, life just happened to me. You know what? We need to endure when life happens to us. We need to bite our tongue sometimes when life happens to us. It's not always fun. But you know what? We need to endure with him. And after endurance, okay, he wants us to be godly. Be holy because I am holy. Be holy because God is holy. This has been, since Leviticus, this has been going through my mind almost every day. So he must feel I need this. You know, because this message started out with that. It's like, how do I become more holy? You know, reading through God's word, it's like, I need to become more holy. I need to do this. We need to do this. We need to become more holy. Is that easy? Is that simple? I wish I could just give you one simple solution, one simple word. I think I do have the word that God would have you receive. Dedicate your life daily to him. 
dedicate your life daily to him. God. You know, through chain breakers, I just go to chain breakers to minister to others. <laughs> That's what I thought. Then I get here. And this whole new thing, not new thing, this whole thing that I may have put on the back burner for years of my life comes back out. And it's so simple. One day at a time. One day at a time, sweet Jesus. Each and every one of us have one day. And what are we going to do with that one day? Are you going to dedicate your life to God today? I hope you do. But you know what? When you dedicate your life to God today, you've got to do it again tomorrow. Because it's so, so easy to get off track if we don't dedicate our lives and our hearts to God every day. Why do we dedicate our lives and our hearts to God every day? Because you know what? We want to be holy. We want to be what God wants us to be. We want to be holy in Him. These are just supplements. But with godliness, brotherly affection. You know, some of you guys are easy to love. Some of you are really, really easy to love. Some of you, and one's not in here, but some of you are so easy to pick on. I love to pick on Tony Welsh. I love to do it. And yet, I'll just tell you, though, he picks right back. So don't feel bad for poor, poor Tony, okay? I know he's a pirate out in the middle of somewhere, but don't feel bad for him. But, you know, some of you are easy to love. Some of us are not so easy to love. But you know what? God wants us to love each and every person. God also, in brotherly kindness, wants you to find someone. And I suggest you find a Christian and become a good friend. and become a good friend to serve that friend and to love that friend and to receive service and love from that friend. God wants each and every one of us. He, you know what? If we're alone... Okay, some of you guys are more mature than me, but sometimes when I get alone, my mind goes crazy. I start thinking of things like not going to share with you, but I start, you know, if I ever start feeling sorry for myself, it's usually not when I'm with people. It's usually when I'm sitting alone, it's like, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to do this, Karen's not doing anything. <laughs> then I get a prayer request on my phone, it's like, oh, maybe she is. And I go home, and she talks about the prayer request, and it's like, oh, I didn't know that. And then she's like, well, didn't you read your prayer request? Nope, that's why I have you. That's why I've got you, honey. Oh, boy. Brotherly kindness. God wants each and every one of us to love one another, lift one another up. And he's got one more love or supplement there. And the next supplement is love. That's a little different. My church family, 
Taryn and I, the orphanage in Mexico, again, want to thank you for everything that you do for young children you have never met. You've done it faithfully. You've done it with your whole heart for years. You've never met them, and you may never meet them. We invite all of you to come down and visit, you know, and, and share on builds and stuff, but some of you won't be able to do that. But you know what? Each and every year, that's just one simple thing that you do. One simple thing that you do that lifts people up that you may never know. The whole thing that <coughs> Dwayne does and, and this church did, you know, with the Salvation Army. You may never, ever know those children that you've affected. You may never, ever be able to, you'll never be able to see, you know, when they open that gift. When they open that gift, you will never see them. Our Lord Jesus Christ also gives us gifts. It's like, nah, I don't want that one. Open it. Open that gift because you know what? It will make you better. Love as God would have you love. Serve as God would have you serve. Love for everyone. Brotherly love and affection for everyone. And in verse 8, it says, The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. God wants us to be productive and useful in him. But you know what? If you don't, if you don't open these gifts that God has given you, it says, but those who fail to develop in this are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. God's delivered each and every one of us. He's cleansed us from our sins. You know, if we're saved, he's also said, you know what? You're going to screw up. And I'm, all, I'm you know what? I'm going to forgive the sin that you commit, you know, on April 13th. I'm going to forgive that one too. He's already planned to do that. But you know what? He doesn't want us to forget. He, he wants us to grow in these things. So each and every one of us are not short-sighted or blind from where we came from. And then in verse 10, and I'm running out of time, imagine that, but it says, so dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those that God has called and chosen. Has God called you? Has God, God chosen you? Jesus, Thank you for your salvation. Thank you for calling me. Thank you for choosing me. But you know what, Jesus? When it comes to going to heaven, I want to drive through that fiery wall and barely make it. That's how I want to get there, Jesus. Wow. That's not how he wants us to get there. Because... At the end of verse 10 and into 11, it says, do these things and you will never fall away. Be faithful. Have moral excellence. 
knowledge, have self-control, be patient, be endurance, be godliness, be godly, love one another, love people you don't know. Because if you do all these things, you will never fall away. And then it says, then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. A grand entrance. Have you ever, like, ridden in a limo? I've never ridden in a limo. I've thought about it, and I've thought, you know what? If I ever ride in a limo, you know, and I mean, some people probably, they ride in a limo, and they think, you know what? I'm going to put a tuxedo on. I'm going to do all this. I'm going to do all that. And I thought, you know what? If I ever ride in a limo, I'm just going to wear my raggy old clothes. Taryn gets upset with me sometimes because I wear these things that have holes in them and stuff. And uh, they're comfortable. And she just, some she's got eyes. And it's like, all she's got to do is look. And it's like, whatever, I'll take it off then and. I'll wear something pretty. Why did I go there? I don't know. But you know what? If I ever drive in a limo, you know what? I'm just going to wear jeans and a T-shirt. And it's like, yeah, I do this all the time. Yep. This is my grand entrance. I do this all the time. You know, Jesus. So, you know, thanks for taking me as I am. Because you know what? And thank you for the grand entrance. But my point about this whole thing is how do you want to get to heaven? You get to fill in the blank every day. And realistically, all you got to do is pray and meditate on 1 Peter. All you got to do is do that, and you'll have a grand entrance into the kingdom of God. I want a grand entrance. I don't want to, I don't want him taking bets up there saying, think he's going to make it? Nope. <laughs> he's a mess. into the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. And God wants each and every one of us to have a grand entrance into his kingdom. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for everything that you do for us. Thank you, Lord.